This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, May 15th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. Jimmy Lai is a Hong Kong entrepreneur and a media magnate, now in prison in China for publishing news and criticism amid mainland China's takeover of the island. Jimmy Lai will be the recipient of the Milton Friedman Prize for Advancing Liberty this week. Eric Cohn of the Acton Institute was a producer on the film The Hong Konger about Jimmy Lai and his struggle for liberty in a turbulent time for Hong Kong. We spoke last week. Listeners will be aware that Jimmy Lai will be the recipient of the of this year's Milton Friedman Prize for Advancing Liberty. Uh, but like his background is sort of what you would hope for, for somebody who had left China and gone to Hong Kong. His story is of what Hong Kong made possible and the freedom that was guaranteed to people in Hong Kong made possible. He showed up there when he was about 12 years old with really not a penny to his name, started working in a factory, and then through his industriousness and entrepreneurial spirit, built a clothing business called Giordano, which spread throughout uh, Asia, and then started Next Media, which published Next Magazine and Apple Daily, which was the largest circulated newspaper in Hong Kong, uh, and really the only Chinese language paper that was in favor of democracy and human rights. What There was a point at which he decided um, entrepreneurship is great, I'm a wealthy man, but I'm a newspaper man now. And, uh, you know, what went into that? Really, it was Tiananmen Square that changed him. He looked at what was happening in Tiananmen. And one of the important things to understand about that protest movement is what we think about Tiananmen, it was happening all throughout mainland China. And the clampdown that the Chinese Communist Party did on the protesters in Tiananmen really changed Jimmy's point of view. He'd been pretty hopeful up till then that the kind of freedom that he experienced in Hong Kong was going to spread throughout the mainland. And Tiananmen was really a clear signal that it was not going to. And that was when he decided, this is what I need to fight for. That's when he launches Next Media, Next Magazine, and Apple Daily to fight for these values. What kind of reach did Apple Daily have in mainland China? In mainland China, to the best of my understanding, it was pretty limited. In Hong Kong, it really was, I would think, uh, the newspaper of record of some sorts. It was, uh, as Jimmy said a couple times, one of the more expensive newspapers to purchase, but it was also the one with the largest circulation. So I think that shows that there was a hunger, not only for the kind of news coverage that Apple Daily was providing, but their editorial view um, of the Hong Kong way and being critical of uh, the Chinese Communist Party's actions in the mainland and then increasingly in Hong Kong since the handover from the United Kingdom to China of Hong Kong in 1997. So uh, for a long time, it did not appear that China was going to take any specific action in Hong Kong. Is that fair? Sort of. Uh, they signed an agreement in 1997 using the Deng Xiaoping mantra of one country, two systems. In reality, they started to back away from that agreement almost immediately. Uh, but it really has been in the 2010s that you started to see these drastic movements, the proposed extradition law uh, that ended up not getting passed, which would have sent people convicted of crimes in Hong Kong to serve time on the mainland. That doesn't pass, but then it's the national security law that follows pretty shortly after that. And that has been 
the tool that the Chinese Communist Party has used in Hong Kong to clamp down on people like Jimmy, other pro-democracy advocates and people who were protesting, using their voice in that way uh, to support what Hong Kong had always stood for, which was liberty and the rule of law. We point out that, you know, Jimmy Lai is receiving the Milton Friedman Prize. You made this film about him. Uh, but he, of course, he wasn't alone. He was not. There's uh, there have been several trials of people who have been charged under the national security law already. Uh, it will not surprise anyone to hear that there is a 100 percent conviction rate under people charged under the national security law. And for people concerned with the concept of the rule of law, this the national security law is an abomination to that concept. It applies retroactively. You can be charged for things you said before the law was passed, and it applies extranationally. Every single day sitting here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, doing what I'm doing to promote our film about Jimmy Lai, the Hong Konger, Jimmy Lai's extraordinary struggle for freedom. I am in daily violation of the national security law in Hong Kong. If the police there could get their hands on me, I could just I could be charged just like Jimmy is. So uh, he's arrested, um, and it, it it is stunning to imagine having the kind of wealth that he did and to decide not to leave Hong Kong. I've probably seen our film a few hundred times now, and there's a line in there from Lord Patton, who was the last colonial governor of Hong Kong, that always gets me, where he talks about the choice Jimmy made to stay, when, as you noted, he's a billionaire. He has houses all around the world. He could have left at any time. And Lord Patton says that he's been incredibly principled and brave, and I'd like to think that I would have been as brave. And you hear this recognition in his voice that he couldn't do what Jimmy's doing. I think very few people could do what Jimmy has willingly embraced and entered into. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons we wanted to tell the story about him. That's a kind of heroism and willingness to stand on your principles and your beliefs uh, that I think we need to make examples of and, and show people willing to do that kind of sacrifice. What were his, what were Jimmy Lai's own uh, stated reasons for staying instead of leaving. There's an interview you'll see in our film where uh, he's asked about this and he says, you know, I'm one of the troublemakers and I can't make the trouble and then go. And, you know, he's being a little jokey there, but the trouble he was making was fighting for what Hong Kong stood for and what made Hong Kong this, you know, pile of rocks in the South China Sea into one of the wealthiest and just most incredible dynamic cities in all the world. And what the Chinese Communist Party was doing was clamping down on the city that embodied Western values in a Chinese form and as such was a huge threat to the story that the Chinese Communist Party wants to tell about mainland China. I visited Hong Kong for several days in 2015 and it was stunning. Like in, in every way, uh, you can walk down one block and it's, it's all bathroom fixtures and restaurants and you walk down a different block and it's like a different kind of either technology or, uh, products or services. And that's most of the island. It's, it's really was an incredible place to visit. I can't imagine, uh, going back, uh, for Jimmy live. What, What's the likely outcome that you see? 
I trust the Hong Kong dissidents we talked to for the film who say that the city is dying. And while I've never been to Hong Kong, um, one of the reasons I think it's so appropriate that Jimmy is getting Cato's Friedman Prize is my familiarity with this concept of Hong Kong starts with uh, Milton Friedman's Free to Choose, the first episode. Where does he go for the best explication of like his economic vision in the world? It's Hong Kong, and it's for all the reasons that you just described. And to see what the Chinese Communist Party is doing to kill that spirit in the city is sad. But I, I want to remain hopeful about it, that you know, you look at Nelson Mandela as an example for people who thought Mandela would never get out of prison and South Africa would never change, people who thought the Berlin Wall would never fall, that the Iron Curtain would never fall. Uh, these things do happen, and it's the spirit of people like Jimmy who are willing to keep fighting despite the odds and despite the cost to himself that keeps me hopeful, hopeful about the future of not only Hong Kong, but China as well. How do people see the film? People can stream the film on demand at freejimmylai.com. That's J-F-R-E-E-J-I-M-M-Y-L-A-I.com. Eric Cohn is a producer of the film The Hong Konger, which is available free to stream on YouTube and elsewhere. Jimmy Lai will be the recipient of the Milton Friedman Prize for Advancing Liberty later this week. You can learn more about the prize and Jimmy Lai at our website, cato.org.